The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to episode 32 of the 108 podcast. My name is Officer Y. Thank you very much for listening and joining us once again. Hope everyone had a great week. On today's show, we have Bracket Viore with Blue Wealth PD. We're going to be talking about investing. We're going to be talking about savings. Because listen guys, um, when it comes to law enforcement and just people in general, um, you know, financial stress is paramount and it leads to so many other things so um i found blue wealth pd uh, a while ago on the uh, wonderful world that is instagram i think it's a very valuable service that uh you guys need to take advantage of so we're going to talk about it um kind of just like a corsary intro to investing and, and saving and planning for the future so we're going to get into that in just a little bit like i said hope everyone had a great week my week uh, I'll tell you what, the past couple weeks, uh, have been very busy for me over here in Camp 10-8. I, that, that's really all I can say, really. Um, this past weekend, the family and I went out to, uh, Panama City Beach. Actually, we were in, um, where were we at? Inlet Beach in Walton County. So, out in the Panhandle, never been there before, had a great time. I got on a bicycle for the first time in years, guys. I did. There were in the um, in the Airbnb rental. There were a bunch of bicycles. I got on one like a beach cruiser, and I just drove around the. Uh, I swear it was like the Truman Show. Everyone had their like their bicycles and their golf carts, and everyone was like, "Hey, Jim. Hey, Paul. Hey, Tom." I don't know. Very weird. Uh, very well, not weird. Just it was a weird like Stepford Wife's uh, feel to it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I got on a bicycle. Didn't crash. That was nice. Um, was out there for the weekend with the family. Um, shout out! I don't. I don't know if anyone from out there is following me or listens, but if you are in um, Calhoun County, um, I don't know. We stopped on the way home at a uh, uh, at a Clarksville General Store. It was a Marathon gas station, but it was Clarksville General Store. And I tell you, man, this was as country as it gets. There was this old guy with probably three teeth uh, with some uh, overalls on scratching his lottery tickets and went right back inside he was sitting out front i don't know man it seemed like something out of a movie so if you work out there uh bluntsville or any of the so's just uh i don't know reach out because that was that was quite the experience i tried to find someone for a patch trade but we were at the beach when the deputy drove by and uh i didn't have a patch on me so didn't even reach out to him um 
but yeah, it was a good time. Had fun. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it. I'm sure you can, but got a little under the weather. The whole drive up there, my nieces and nephews are in the car with me. They're just hacking up along. I'm like, what the fuck, guys? You guys are going to get me sick. And sure enough, they did. So it's not Rona. Screw you. Um, just a little uh, head cold, and it feels like shit. I feel like shit. So, and I've got work in about five hours. So, but I wanted to put this all together and uh, and get you guys your episode set. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking. You know, the the episode is called um, "Investing in You." And so after the after the interview, we're gonna talk a little bit. Um, I posted on the Instagram a couple of days ago about who eats first: does the king eat first, or does the king eat last? And that there's kind of two schools of thoughts. Um, I've been really um, into Simon Sinek recently, uh, thanks to George from Project 109. He got me listening and, and watching his videos. Um, and of course, he has the the book, Leaders Eat Last. But also, you've got Sean Whalen, who I've referenced a bunch of times, and he says leaders eat first. And it's very interesting, the dichotomy uh, between the two uh, thought processes that go into this. So we're going to talk about that after the break or after the uh, after the interview. Because here's the thing, and, and um, just to kind of preference it, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's that's what I want you to, to like stick in your brain hole uh, in between now and when we talk about it in, in about 40 minutes or so. So uh, without further ado, we are going to get into the conversation with Bracken. Uh, so you guys sit back, enjoy, and uh, hopefully you get something out of it. Here it goes. Here is my conversation with Bracken Fiore on the 10 Podcast. Who's hot, who not? Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewels got pops, who mostly go shit down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me it sells for the level up. You don't believe in Harlem world, nigga, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Niggas didn't know me 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound. Can't no PD, niggas hold me down. Cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like booty. True pimp, nigga, spin no dough on the booty. And you yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. All right, we are back, and joining me for today's conversation is Bracken Fiore with Blue Wealth. Sir, how are you? I'm good, and yourself? Oh, not too shabby, not too shabby. Actually, I will I will be 100% transparent. I had a uh, very late arrest uh, this morning, so I'm, I'm kind of feeling it, but, you know, we're, we're going to get through one cup of coffee at a time, but other than that, I'm That's doing it. okay. So... Um, before we, you know, really jump into our conversation, how about you go ahead, uh, introduce yourself as far as who you are, what you do, what your your company is, and we're going to kind of dive in from there. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm the managing director of a financial planning organization. Uh, I'm the founding partner of Blue Wealth PD, uh, which was uh, geared towards providing financial education to members of law enforcement. Um, our team is basically made up of active and retired members. And, you know, we saw a huge opportunity uh, as far as providing that education. And unfortunately, the job does not give it, you know, the way and the capacity that it should be given. Uh, you find out a lot of guys will run into financial troubles uh, by taking, you know, pension loans, um, you know, not preparing for retirement. You know, so a lot of time guys are, are behind the eight ball when it comes to 
actually making an election on, on a, a pension mm-hmm. um, option, you know, whether the spouse option or uh, if they're going to take the gamble option. Um, so, I mean, overall, it's just, you know, letting guys learn in English, you know, how their deferred comp works. Um, I know you might have some guys that listen in uh, around the country. So every, you know, every, um, I guess every state and every city may have different programs. Um, you know, we, we primarily deal with the NYPD and also uh, in New Jersey as well, but we do have uh, partners around the country. So if there's anyone in a specific state, um, you know, we're, we're pretty fluent with most of these benefit programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one big topic is life insurance. You know, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of members need to learn if the, the job and the force that they're a part of, if there's a difference in payouts, if it's in the line of duty or if it's a non-line of duty, mm-hmm. you know, that's huge. Um, so that's definitely been a hot topic, especially with all the, the craziness going on. You know, you don't want to be caught by surprise. So it's yeah. always good to learn what you have and then, you know, take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the age old saying, you know, planning to fail is failing to plan. Um, And I feel like in law enforcement, I mean, this is just a statistic, like all the issues that come off duty nine times out of 10, and I'm sure you've seen this come from financial stress. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, how am I going to make my bills pay or, or something like that? And then that'll lead to marital problems and that'll lead to other things. So what you are providing is, is so important. And, and I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm not very financially versed, you know, and, and sometimes people talk money to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I understand that. And I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> That's true. It's, you know, it is, it's sometimes it's intimidating, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's, you know, human nature, you know, you never want to feel like you don't understand something, you know, and, and sometimes it looks like hieroglyphics when you're looking at a pension statement or deferred comp statement, you see these mutual funds and, you know, all these different options. And and sometimes if you don't have someone that you trust, you tend to just not look at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you tend to just let it keep going and whatever, you know, bad habits, you know, they accumulate over time and sometimes it just digs a deeper hole. And then before you know it, it gets so overwhelming. You're like, you know what? I, you know, I haven't done anything in the last 15 years, 20 years, whatever. I'll figure it out when I, when I retire. Right. Um, you know, but unfortunately we've seen a lot of divorces, you know, we've seen a lot of um, bankruptcies. We've seen a lot of guys, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, you see suicides, you know, mm-hmm. way too often. And, and, and a lot of times that's due to financial struggles. So, you know, that's been something that we've been focusing on. Um, and that's why a lot of our stuff that we do, we don't charge any fees. And I think that's okay. the most empowering part. And that's why, you know, we've been um, invited and, and trusted for all these years because of the fact that we do it out of the kindness of our hearts, as opposed to, you know, charging fees for things that, you know, no one's going to want to pay for, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though they know they need it, you know? Right. So it's a lot of uh, God's work that we're trying to do. So Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a very invaluable service, but you're very right. I mean, a lot of different avenues. I mean, we can talk about finance, but also people, you know, about their own physical fitness or, or things like that, or mental health, you know, they, 
yeah, they, they'll say, oh, I need to get on that. I need to work on it. But when it comes to actually investing the time and the money into it, in most cases, uh, they, they won't do it for one reason or another. Um, mm -hmm. But when you have a free service, like what you offer, or there, you know, we could talk different avenues, um, then yeah. people are more like, you know what? Yeah, let me, let me give this a shot. Let me see what this is about. What was it specifically that made you want to gear towards law enforcement directly? So, you know, when I first got into the business, um, you know, I got, I came right into financial planning right out of, right out of college and, you know, it was one or two paths, right? It was actually a multiple paths. I had a lot of friends that chose to be, you know, uh, NYPD police officers. Mm -hmm. I had another part, a group of friends that went into business, right? So, you know, I, I kind of was in the middle. You know, I thought about joining, you know, law enforcement at an early age, especially a couple of my good close friends that joined and, you know, it just kind of took me into the finance world. You know, I, I was attracted into Wall Street. Mm -hmm. You know, I started to learn about stocks and, you know, I got my securities licenses. So as that started to develop, you know, I started to work my way up in the industry uh, to eventually becoming a managing partner with the firm. And most of my clients were Leos, right? Most mm -hmm. of them were... Mm -hmm you know, at the local precincts, you know, they were my friends that knew me and trusted me from when I was a kid. So, mm -hmm. you know, that trust factor was huge. And then from there, you know, I started to study the pension systems. I started to, you know, to analyze the numbers and, you know, before you know it, you know, everybody wants to learn when they, you know, when a guy's in, in the precinct saying, Oh, listen, you know, a good friend of mine, he helped me do this. And, you know, I'm confident about the circumstances you know, and then I would get reached out and say, can you come and speak to the priest? And can you come speak to our command? You know, and before you know it, I was speaking at uh, one PP mm. every other month. Oh, you wow. Know? And now it kind of just blown up. Um, and now we're, we're working in other states now. So, you know, it's been a it's been a great story. We've been changing a lot of lives. Sure. And, you know, when when you're honest and you have, you know, good things in mind, you know, kind of, you know, takes it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been doing financial planning? And then how long have you been specifically with Blue Wealth? Uh, so, you know, I've been in financial planning for 15 years now. Uh, I, I branded out Blue Wealth probably about four or five years ago. Okay. Um, but I've been working with law enforcement since day one. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of just on the down low where we were just, you know, keeping it on a referral basis only. Yeah. And and then through developing these strong relationships, you know, we decide, you know what, it's time to just put a brand name on it. Um, and the rest is history. So, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a great ride. That's great. I mean, it, it's great that you are taking what you know so well. I know uh, a couple of the people that I spoke or I speak to on a pretty daily basis on my Instagram and, and through here, um, I kind of had the similar background as you. They went into finance and then they decided to go into Leo. Um, yeah. I still don't understand why because they took a major pay cut, but that's a different story. Um, but that's great. I, like I said, m math and money and all that's just, it's, it's Greek to me. So when you're talking about Leo and you're talking about, let's just start with finances in general. What are some issues that you see come through your door with Leos and not managing their money properly. The first big mistake that most members of law enforcement tend to make is that they'll confide in their partner to make financial decisions. Mm. Right. So the question always is when you're in the locker room, Hey Charles, what did you do? 
or hey Charles, what option did you pick, or mm-hmm. which funds are you in? So it's just by nature, but the reality of it is, is that you're basing your financial future and your family's future on your partner or on your friend or on your coworker and without doing your own due diligence as to far as where they made their decisions from. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the one most important thing is everyone needs to understand is that no two people are in the same circumstance, right? Everyone's in a totally different situation who has a child with special needs, who's divorced, who has health issues, who has a spouse with health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's, who has $50,000 of credit card debt, you know, who's three, you know, three months behind on their mortgage payments. Um, you know, it just goes on and on and on. So, you know, there's no possible way for you to take advice from someone without them really knowing your entire situation. And, you know, when you, when you ask for that guidance, you ask for that advice, maybe you should ask two or three people, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you, right? You can't blame other people for bad uh, financial decisions. So, you know, you got to do your homework. It's worth it. You know, you're not just talking about a couple thousand dollars. I mean, some of these pensions are worth millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, so you owe it to yourself, you know, learn. I know it's another language, but you people speak more than one language sometimes. (laughs) So, you know, you owe it, you owe it to yourself to just take the time, you know, you have, technologies at your fingertips. So it's not hard to go on to the pension website, do your due diligence, read about it, learn about it, and then see counsel. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Cause I remember somebody I was I was signing up for a deferred comp down here and they were like, you know, when you retire, uh your your pension's gonna be like your think of it like a dinner plate. You got your meat and potatoes. <clears throat> but yeah. You know, I can't remember the full analogy, but then he was like, you know, you need to have your stocks and you need to have, you know, all your different investments that you build on top of it. That's how you're going to make a complete plate. What would you say to something like that? Yeah. It's it's great advice, you know, and, you know, I I remember listening to Warren Buffett speak one time and, and he said, he's like, listen, if you have one stream of income, right, he's like, what happens if a tree falls into your stream, Right. That tree falls on your stream and now what, right? So, you know, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. So, you know, from day one, that was my focus. And you guys, depending on the structure that you have available to you, you need to learn the benefits of each one. So I'll give you a prime example. So with, with the NYPD, what happens is, is that they'll have, they have multiple sources of, of deferred compensation. Now, there's age restrictions on each source, right? So one program, you can start taking distributions upon retirement. There's another program you have to wait until you're 50 years old. There's another program you have to wait until you're 59 and a half before you could start taking distributions without penalties. Mm. So, you know, where, wherever you work, you want to make sure that whatever retirement programs, deferred comp programs that they're offering to you, make sure you ask the question, at what age can I start taking penalty-free distributions? All right. So that's huge because if you retire at 45 years old or you retire at 50 years old and you're contributing to a program that you have to wait until you're 59 and a half, that's a 10% penalty plus tax. Right. So, you know, like things like that, you need to learn on day one because you might have two options, right? On a pre-tax basis, one may, 
you might have to wait until you're 59 and a half. The other one might be eligible upon retirement. So obviously you want to try to keep the as liquid as possible. So you might want to, you know, derive more of those dollars towards the earlier access programs. Right. So, you know, one thing with pensions also, it's important. There's a pro and a con, right? The pro is, is that it's going to pay you for the rest of your life. The con to it is that cost of living goes up every year. Right. Right. So not many pensions have a cost of living adjustment, right? So that's why it's important to make sure you do fund other retirement programs because as you outgrow your pension, you want to be able to take additional resources to increase your, your uh, monthly income. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great uh, point. You know, you'd start, I know my dad, he was uh, retired from New Jersey and uh, you know, he, yeah, he would get his, his cola and, but you know, it was not uh, proportionate to what it should have been, you know? So, you know, luckily he had other options and other things. So that kind of helped along the way. Um, so yeah, exactly what you're saying is, is spot on. What, um, so someone, you know, contacts you, they walk in your door or whatever, and they say, Hey man, help. I don't know what I'm doing. It's Greek to me. What would be like step one to getting ahead of that eight ball that you were talking about? So first step is have a checkup, right? So give you a prime example. In our first conversation, it's not even really about money, right? Our first conversation is going to be about Charles. Tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me about what your goals are. Tell me about, you know, who's Charles, right? I, I know you're a police officer, but who, who are you, right? What, what makes you wake up every day? What, you know, what's your vision? What's your passion, right? What's your, what's your goal, right? If you tell me I'm looking to retire in 10 years from now, all right, so what's your plan after that? Okay, now financially, where are we at, right? What's your, expect, what's your expectation as far as what your pension is going to be? You know, how much have you saved up to this point? What are you saving in, right? Or what are you investing in? Like what mutual funds are you in? Do you have anything outside of the job? right? Do you have old uh, mutual funds? Do you have CDs? Do you have savings bonds? Do you have, you know, real estate investment? Um, and basically just go through the whole mill, right? Find out about, you know, your health, uh, your health, your spouse's health, um, just all the important factors of the foundation of your financial plan, right? Once we determine that, then we'll dive into your numbers, Right. So you tell us what you, you know, how much you have accumulated. We'll look at your allocation as far as which fund you're invested in. Um, you know, all funds will have a stable fund, which has no market risk. Then you'll have your, your small caps, your mid caps, your large caps. You'll have some international funds in, in the portfolio. So once you learn the volatility of those programs, then you can start gearing towards your timeline. Right. So if you say, listen, I'm retiring next year, I'm going to need this money. Then you have no business being in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like you saw in March and April of last year, you could lose 30% overnight. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all geared towards timeline. So if you say, listen, I'm going to need $20,000 next year because, you know, I have my daughter's sweet 16 or I have a wedding coming up or I want to, you know, put a down payment on a house. You know, you need to gear your, your dollars towards less risk exposure for more of the short term monies. So, that would be the first step is let's get to know each other. Step two is doing a, a financial checkup. We'll go through your budget. We'll go through your income, you know, really give you an idea on where you're at financially. And then that will give you the confidence to know, 
This is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. And then in step three is when we start to give you ideas and direction on how you'll be able to get there, you know, where there's room for improvement. And then from then on, we have annual reviews just to make sure you stay on that path. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, so basically when, after someone gets done with your, you know, initial meeting or, or this whole planning, what do you do? Do you tell them, Hey, you need, you should probably put your money here or do you basically take their money and put it somewhere? No. So if for the most part, we're just advising you while you're on the job, Mm-hmm. that's the, the that's your own self-management right so that's why we lead with that education so we want to educate you enough so that you know what to do with your money mm-hmm. you know i mean there, there's going to be times when we don't really tell you what to do but we're going to educate you enough where you know what to do right so if i'm like charles listen this is how this works this is how that works this is how this works what do you think right and that's what i mean by putting it into a language that's understandable you know as a police officer Right. Yeah. So yeah. this, this is not rocket science, you know, so it's learn, learn the basics and with the basics, you should be able to grow and develop from there. Right. You don't want to just leave it up to somebody else. You don't want to just, you know, I have, you could just say I have a financial advisor that handles it, but we don't want that. We don't, we want you to be able to learn. Right. So that be way, self-sufficient about it. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's, listen, at the end of the day, it's your money. It's your family. You know, I don't know if you're married with kids yet, but you know, at at the end of the day, it's not just about us, right? Mm -hmm. It's about your legacy. It's about, you know, what are you doing to put your family in a better situation, right? So there's steps to take now, you know, don't wait. That's the biggest mistake. Mm -hmm. 99% of all the problems is because people waited. Yeah. You know, don't wait until you're about to retire. Don't wait until that, that it moment in your life happens, you know, it's now do it now, yep. get on the right track because it only becomes more expensive and, and harder to deal with if you, if you put it off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, geez, it was before I was a cop. I think I had my first like decently paying job and someone was like, listen, man, you need to, uh, you need to start building a, a Roth account. And I was like, I don't know nothing about it. I, you know, I was kind of, you know, oil and oil and water. I was like, nah, man, that's not yeah. me. And they were like, no, do it now. <laughs> because by the time you are kind of in a nice stable position, you can build even more on it and it already have started. And I haven't checked it in a while. I kind of let it do its own thing. Yeah. But the last time I did, I was like, oh, wow. Like I've been, I've been saving, you know, minimum and it's, it's already, you know, growing quite substantial even with, you know, the market dip from last year and everything like that for, for my, for the people that are listening that are not financially literate, um, just to kind of give them an idea of what is out there, what are some savings or investment options that are out there just so they can start, you know, if they want to contact you after the episode, hopefully, um, they can be like, Hey, you know, I heard you talk about this. What is that? And how can I use it? And things like that. Yeah. So the first step is always going to be protection. So, always definitely the first part of the conversation is going to be about income protection. Life insurance is going to be a a hot topic, which has been a hot topic, especially when the pandemic started. Um, Definitely want to focus on that. Then you want to start focusing on wealth management. All right. So basically just evaluating what, what you're doing on a pre-tax basis, right? So a Roth IRA is after tax, which is great. Just double check on the age restriction, right? So check with, with the deferred comp, you, are you doing it personally or are you doing it through the job? Um, the Roth, I'm doing it by myself. All right. So if you're doing it by yourself, then you have to wait until you're 59 and a half. 
So what what I would advise you to do is is look at your um, pension benefits and your and your uh, your platform and see if they do offer you a Roth opportunity Mm -hmm. because there might be a lower age restriction. So that's important. All right. Mutual funds are important. So you always want to have something that's not tied to the job. That's liquid. All right. I see a lot of guys make the big mistake that they max out all their retirement savings into pre-tax programs. The biggest problem with that is, is that if you end up taking a loan from it, nine out of 10 times, you're borrowing pre-tax money, but you're paying it back with after-tax money. Mm -hmm. All right. So think about that. If you're borrowing something on a pre-tax basis, you didn't pay tax on it going in, but now you're taking it out as a loan. Let's say you took a $20,000 loan pre-tax. You're now paying it back with $20,000 of after-tax, right? Mm -hmm. So there you're negative already. And then when you retire, you take the money out again, you're going to pay tax again. So you're paying tax two times on the same dollar. So you want to make sure that you're at least allocating a certain percentage of your income into something that's not restricted due to taxes or a penalty or a forced repayment, right? So whether it's a a money market account, a side savings account, or even a mutual fund portfolio, you know, definitely put some money on the sidelines that you have um, immediate access to. So that, that's huge. I mean, I think that's pretty much it for the, for the low end, but uh, I think definitely that pre-tax account is good. The after-tax accounts are good. And, and life insurance is going to be a big, big factor as far as building a foundation. Sure. Um, so, you know, I've, as I've started to get my finances, you know, where an adult should have their finances. Um, I've been kind of, you know, reading into like Dave Ramsey, guys like that, who are very big in yep. like getting your debt under control. Um, Cause you know, the big thing is like, get your debt under control and then worry about saving. That's kind of what he always talks about. So, I mean, I know you're more about financial planning, but you know, you can't really plan if you're, if you're under, under the, under the rock of debt. So what yes. do you have any um, suggestions for people? Let's, let's say they're coming into this in debt. Yeah. What would your recommendation be to get out from under it so they can start saving and planning? So first thing is get under grasp what your uh, interest rates are, right? So I'll give you a prime example. Some credit card has 18%, 21% interest, right? That's after tax money. So I've seen plenty of times when guys like, oh, maxing out all my pre-tax accounts, but at the same time, they have about $50,000 in credit card debt that's accumulating at 21% interest, all right? So you have to realize what dollar is costing you more. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting X amount of dollars into your savings or X amount of dollars into these pre-tax programs, you have to compare what the power of that same dollar would would do by depleting some of that debt, all right? So you have to really do the math here. It's not rocket science. You take, you figure out what your monthly interest rate is. So if you have $50,000 in debt and you have a 21% interest rate, that's 21% of $50,000 that's after tax money. Mm-hmm. So So for you to be able to offset that 21%, uh, credit card debt, you would have to be earning over 30% interest on your money to net 21% right. to, to even make sense of that number. So always try to pay down your debt as, as early as possible. Don't let it keep growing out of hand. You know, if you have a garden, you know that if you let the weeds keep growing, it just gets crazier and crazier. Um, 
But way too often we see guys just deflecting it and just saying, oh, listen, I'm just paying the minimum payments. That's the biggest mistake. Yeah. You know, don't do that. There are credit cards out there that you can transfer balances over. Um, I've even advised guys sometimes, listen, don't contribute this year. Pay this credit card debt. Get rid of it. Because it's like having a hole, a back pocket with a hole in it, right? You mm-hmm. think your big, your front pocket's getting bigger and bigger, but meanwhile, your back pocket has a hole and all the money's pouring out of it. So you work way too hard for your money, you know, put in that overtime, you know, risking your life every day, you know, to be paying a credit card company for doing absolutely nothing. That's got to sting a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, focus on getting your debt down as, as much as possible. So this way you feel a little bit more uh, appreciated when your check does come in. Right. Right. Because right. it's going less to what you need and more to what you want at that point, once yes. you get stuff under control. And that's, that's what I've been doing for the past couple months is, you know, I paid off credit cards. I paid off all my, uh, all my debt. And now I'm like, all right, now I can live again. Now I've got, now I've got life back in my, in my uh, veins here. So, what else? I mean, you know, I, I mean, we could keep talking for hours, you know, obviously yeah. you're just a wealth of knowledge. What else would be great for law enforcement officers to start considering uh, maybe before talking to you or as they're getting ready to talk to you? Yep. All right. So, you know, one of the, I don't want to say one, but there are, there's still a few important things. So number one, I think whether you're, early on in your career or about to put your papers in, you need to do a pension analysis. Okay. Now some pensions offer you a lump sum option. Some pensions will offer you a spousal continuation option. Um, some, some options they'll give you pop-up options. Every option comes with a cost. All right. Now we, we hear the terminology death gamble thrown around in, in, in some, in some instances, but the reality of it is, is every option that you take is a gamble right? You're gambling if you're going to outlive your spouse or you're gambling that your spouse is out going to live you. And a lot of these pensions do not give you the opportunity to leave your children as a beneficiary on the pension. Okay. So we've developed a strategy where we can help take care of all of that, all of the what ifs we basically take off the table and we actually provide a guarantee on, on all of your pension options. And what I mean by that is, is that we can guarantee that no matter what life throws at you, you're going to win every single time. So if you live a long time, you're going to get to keep all your money. If you don't live a long time, your family's going to get all the money, mm-hmm. right? If your spouse predeceases you, guess what? You get to keep all the money. <laughs> if, if, if something happens to you and your spouse, guess what? Your kids will get all the money. So, you know, something like that. Again, that's just the education part. Um, I think that's going to be something that's a big driver, especially for your audience. They're going to say, you know what? The job doesn't offer me anything to leave to my kids. How can I do that? How's that possible? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that's, that's definitely been something that's uh, been of, of interest lately, especially with all, you know, members of law enforcement retiring out the door since the pandemic happened. Um, we've had about eight to 10 zoom calls a day okay. on average. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's, and just doing the same process. Right. Um, so that that's a that's a big topic right now. The other thing too is there's not many guarantees on the deferred comp uh, programs, right? So yeah, you put money into your 401, your 457, your annuities, whatever it may be. Not many of them offer you a death benefit guarantee, right? So what I mean by that is is that if God forbid member happens to pass away during a down market, the family is gonna could potentially lose some of that money, 
right? If, if, if a member passed away in March and April, they lost 30% of their retirement account. So once you, re- once you retire, there's some opportunities that you can put death benefit protections on your money, mm-hmm. right? So if you, if you build up half a million dollars in your account, you can lock in that half a million, still invest it, and still know that if something happens, your family's getting half a million no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, a, that's a big thing. And there's a lot of programs out there that don't require any fees. You know, I'm sure, you, you know, some of your listeners will say, oh, I have an advisor, you know, they charge me one to 2% a year in fees. There's enough programs out there that are outperforming, you know, some of these advisors that are charging fees and giving you the same advantage, the same benefit, but putting more money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's where the education comes in. Yeah. I mean, all of this is great. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm going to have to talk to you when we, when we get off of this, um, just a lot to, to take. And the biggest thing, the what you said, and, and you, you even said it was a big thing is the legacy thing. Like, what am I going to leave my children? What, you know, God forbid something happens. Yeah. And if it's in a down market or down economy, like, you know, I don't want them to be up a Creek thinking that I've saved all this away. Um, what are some of the more secure long-term uh, investment or saving options? The way you got to look at it is, is depending on your age, right? So if, if, if you came to us and said, Hey, listen, I have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars sitting in a bank account, but I'm not going to need this money for like another seven years or 10 years. Then what are we going to do? We're going to put you in a stable account, get you 1% interest, mm-hmm. you know, or we diversified a little bit and we say, you know what, listen, we can go into some large cap equities or maybe, you know, balance it out with some, some uh, more stabilized companies to try to at least get you, you know, three to 8% return. Right. So there's a cost to being too conservative, right? So that cost to being too conservative is the interest in the monies that you didn't earn. Right. So, I mean, there's some other programs out there that are more geared towards, um, age based, right? So if you have, if we have someone that's in their forties or fifties, you know, there's some better stable programs, um, that are out there and available where they, they won't lose any money on the downside, but they might earn up to four to 5% interest on the upside with no risk. Mm -hmm. Now, again, those are age based. So you really have to fall into a certain criteria from an age perspective, um, to get into those type of programs. Um, but if you're a young guy and, you know, life hasn't happened yet, meaning, you know, you're not married yet, you don't have any kids and you're not really sure, you know, you might need that money tomorrow. Your best bet is to just keep it in a money market or in a CD at the bank until you, you get a better idea on what your next steps are going to be. What are some other things that um, people need to know or people should know before or while they're starting to uh, get control of all this? Uh, well, first thing that I do see too is, is beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. So when you sign on the job, you know, you might be single, you might end up putting mom and dad or a sibling as a beneficiary. Once you get married and have kids, sometimes guys don't change it. So that's definitely something to make a notation of. Um, just recently, you know, we, we did a pension analysis. A gentleman has four kids, been married for 30 years. And he still had his mom and his brother as beneficiary on his pen and his whole pension. Right. So that, you know, that was pretty crazy when, you know, I brought it to his attention. He's like, Oh man. So you mean to tell me if something would have happened to me, my, my mother would have got all this money. So, you know, that's definitely 
something that's important. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, make sure you have a will. You know, will's important. Uh, There's too much, man. I can, yeah, I can yeah, go yeah. on for, you know, I, I just want to emphasize that everyone is unique. You know, if anybody takes anything away from this conversation, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your family um, to plan properly. Right. right. It's when you don't plan properly is when you get yourself in trouble. And, you know, listen, we might not have all been, you know, born into millions of dollars. Right. But, you know, we have the ability to benefit our, our family, our kids, our, the next generation. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice your own money. All right. And now, you know, I'll leave a little a sample here, but, you know, I have clients that are worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. One of my biggest clients worth like $25 million. Oh, wow. And, and I'll never forget this conversation I had with them. So when I was, I was in my second year in the business and I remember, you know, driving up to this huge mansion out in, out in the Hamptons and, um, he basically said to me, he's like, oh, I need a life insurance policy for $10 million. So now knowing that he was worth over 25 and, you know, growing up in Brooklyn and a blue collar family to me is like, what, well, 25 million is not enough for your kids. That <laughs> right. Greedy. Right. Yeah. Right. Why, why would you need life insurance? So he basically said to me, he's like, listen, he's like, what's the best kind of money to leave behind? So, you know, I didn't know the answer. So he's like other people's money. So, I, I sat back in my chair and mind you, I was like 22 years old at the time and it started to make sense to me. I was like, all right, I, now I get it. Right. Cause he's putting pennies on the dollar and he, his goal is, is to live long enough to spend all of his $25 million and still know that he's leaving his kids $10 million of tax-free money right? for, for pennies on the dollar. So it, it was just, you know, eye opening yeah. to think, that, you know, old school, like how, you know, you and I might've grown up and, you know, the, the mentality is, is let's leave a percentage of what we save to our kids, right? Mm -hmm. Let's leave money in my retirement plan. Let's leave money in my bank account. You know, that's carved out for my kids and my grandkids. But the reality of it is that you could leave anywhere from five to 10 times the amount with less than actually leaving your own money by using a legacy plan or by using, you know, different types of life insurance programs to, to achieve the same thing that you wanted to do, but without the cost of you using your own money, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that was just eye opening to me. And it's been, it's been uh, very helpful in a lot of the planning that we've done for our clients is because they, they feel more comfortable spending more of their money and not just, you know, mentally carving out a certain amount um, yeah. to leave, leave beyond that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great, great idea. Definitely put it in perspective too. I mean, something you may not have thought about. Um, yeah. Listen, man, this has been absolutely amazing. Definitely eye-opening for myself. And I'm sure everybody listening is like, oh, wow, man, I didn't think, I mean, just, just what you were saying about making sure that your spouse is your beneficiary. Like that's one that I'm going, yeah. oh, oh, damn, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that just sure. rolled up. Yeah, for sure. And you don't want to be 30 years in ready to walk out the door and, you know, God forbid anything were to happen yeah. between that. So very good. Um, hey, man, we're going to kind of switch gears. We're going to start moving towards the end of the conversation. But again, I want to thank yeah. you for your time. Um, sure. So when I end my episodes, when I end my conversations, I, I like to play two different games. Uh, one, it's this is more like a fun uh, get to know you type things. First one's going to be overrated, underrated, where I'm going to give you something and you tell me if it's overrated, underrated or accurately rated 
Okay, so we're okay. gonna do that. All right. So the first one, <laughs> I know this answer. Pizza. Mm, I love pizza, so yeah. I, what I gotta say, I guess underrated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I figure. I mean, you said you're from Brooklyn, so that that kind of yes, <laughs> that nailed it for me. Um, I had a I had a girlfriend. Her family was from there, so when we would go to visit them, I'd be, they just gave me all the pizza. bagels and pizza. And, That's oh, it. Yeah. It's it. Um, it. What about avocados? I love avocados too, so I guess underrated. Okay. Uh, what about the movie Titanic? Uh, overrated. Okay, I agree with way that. Too, way too long, and I don't know. It's just that was many, many, many moons ago. I remember when that movie came out, and we uh-huh. had. Uh, I knew all the girls would go see that movie like three, four times. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you're very right. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> Clicked away from my screen. Uh, what about the sh- speaking of girls going crazy over? It, what about the show The Bachelor? Way overrated. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a terrible show. <laughs> I have I have three I have two daughters, mm-hmm. and I would never let them go on that show. I think that they should value themselves much more than trying to to compete for someone's love. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right. Right about that. What about Taco Bell? Uh, underrated. I, I I like Taco Bell. I, okay. I I mentally uh, make myself think it's a little bit more healthier as a fast food than uh, a cheeseburger. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. What about New Year's Eve? Uh, overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like as we get older, the less appealing New Year's Eve is every year. Yeah, let's see. You go to bed and wake up the next day. It's the same thing. It's just yeah. you wake up with a headache. So <laughs> You're right. It's the uh, only difference. What about libraries? Very underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to read books. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people got away from reading, which, you know, I think there's more knowledge in books than uh, than on the internet. So, mm-hmm. you know, there should be more libraries around the community than than uh, vape shops. Yeah. Well, you, you, that's so accurate. I feel like, and also because, you know, a lot of people now, they read on their phones or whatever. But you know what else is on your phone? Everything else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's something to be said about sitting down, opening a book, putting your phone on the yeah. opposite side of the room, and you're not distracted by it. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yep. Um, going to brunch. I think I went to brunch maybe twice in my okay. entire life. <laughs> okay. You either call it breakfast or you call it lunch. Okay, so yeah, so you're not you're not a brunch guy, it's just kind of nah. It's gotcha. either breakfast. I think anything that's after, I mean, the, the latest breakfast I would say is ten ten thirty. Mm-hmm. If you're eating after ten thirty, I think that's lunch. Okay, I like it. Uh, what about s'mores? Uh, I would say it's pretty accurate. Okay, you know, I think you could argue either way. They're delicious, but they're messy at the same time. So yeah, it's the mess that gets me. Like it, it, some yeah. It's not worth it sometimes when it goes with that. And uh, the last one for overrated, underrated, flowers. I think it was a great business model. Whoever <laughs> decided to, you know, make flowers, you know, the gift of all the holidays. Mm-hmm. So whoever grew those flowers and made that a marketing campaign, I'd love to meet that guy or woman, whoever yeah. came up with that idea. Um, I think it's overrated, over overpriced, overrated. Um, let's say just a markup alone on the holidays, I think mm-hmm. is, is criminal. So yeah, that's yeah. another story. Yeah, no, I would much rather get my girlfriend flowers the day after a holiday than on the holiday. I'm like, 
you know, I yeah, like but then sister- but then they know they right. know why you did that. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so I do it a couple of days ahead of time. But like, listen, I don't need a day on the calendar to tell me when to buy you flowers. And exactly that, that kind that mentality kind of works with them. Um, <laughs> so the the last thing we're gonna run through a few questions. It's called Signal Three. I'm gonna give you a question. Don't think about it too much, and just give me the first answer that comes to your head. All right. Okay. All right. What is your dream vacation destination? Mm, Dubai. Okay. What is your favorite donut flavor? I like jelly donuts. Okay. See, I've never been a jelly guy, so so you can have all of them. If you were walking into the biggest moment of your life, you know what what song would you have playing to hype you up? Hmm, it's a good one. Uh, maybe maybe the Rocky song. What's been the proudest moment of your career? Of my business career? Yeah. I would say delivering the first check uh, to the family whose father passed away unexpectedly. And I was able to show up a couple of days after the funeral, after they lost everything, and I gave them a check for $2 million. Wow. All from the work that you helped him with? Yes. That's from, awesome. You know, from the day that I reached out to him to the three planning sessions that we had, to the day that he stood up, shook my hand and said, thank you for helping me. And to the day his wife called me crying and said, because of you, you know, my family can still live the life that we're accustomed to. That's great. So it's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's very powerful. That's great. If you could share a meal with one person dead or alive that you've never met, who would it be? And what would you order? Dead or alive that I've never met. That's a good question. Uh, Probably Jesus. Okay. And probably have some pizza with him. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Some <laughs> Brooklyn style pizza. That's it. What's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Hmm. Probably live the life you love and love the life you live. That's a good one. Good words to live by. Late at night, uh, you know, just binge watching the latest thing on Netflix. What is your go-to late night snack? Pistachios. Okay. That was, so one of my listeners that, used to be one of my zone partners. She's going to listen to this. I used to keep a big bag of pistachios in my patrol car. And I would like, (laughs) I'd I'd have probably like four or five reports and I would just sit there, type them all out. And I would just be popping pistachios the whole time. And she's like, I always knew where you were because I could find all the shells in the parking lot. The shells. That's right. (laughs) I I just picked up, I just picked up a bag of uh, dark chocolate covered pistachios. Oh my, that sounds amazingly dangerous. Yes. That's awesome. And the last question, man. Uh, if you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped with to help you get out? Mm, I'm going to have to just say my wife because if I say anybody else, she's going to be like, why not me? <laughs> That's perfect. That's awesome, man. Hey, listen, I really appreciate your time and uh, all the information you shared with us. This is great. If anyone sure. wanted to contact you and learn more about Blue Wealth and, and the things you offer, how, where can they go to find you? Yeah, so you can visit our website. It's www.bluewealthpd.com. Um, you can request uh, consultation. There's a you know, there's a lot of information on there. So even if you want to jump on and just you know read about it, um, at the bottom you can put in your name, your contact, uh, phone number, email address, and you know a member of our team will reach out to you as soon as possible. Uh, usually have a 24-hour turnaround. So you know once uh, you hit the submit button. You know, you'll, you should expect a call or an email uh, as soon as possible. Um, if you're in 
the tri-state area, you know, New York, New Jersey. Um, we do live events. So, you know, we could schedule some time for us to visit your department, um, do a full educational event and, uh, you know, just give us a heads up, let us know. And that's going to be the, the best place to reach us at. Or you could email us at bluewealthpd at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, just let us know what's your preferred method. You know, I know, uh, you know, some members like to be contacted by phone. Some prefer a text message. Some prefer an email. So, you know, please just make sure you, you notate what's your preferred method of contact. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, man. And, uh, sure. you know, hopefully everyone is like, man, I got to get on this train because, you know, God forbid something happens. I want you to hand my wife $2 million. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it, man. All right, and uh, for all my listeners, just stay tuned. We'll be we will be right back. Once again, a big thank you to Bracken Fiore for his time and giving us that insight into investments. You know, we've, we kind of, and he talked about this, we've been talking a lot. By we, I mean a the, the general American conversation has been a lot about stocks and, and Dogecoin and things like that. So many things that are coming up. I'm not financially literate enough to really talk about it. I, you know, I have my money in different boxes. I always talk about boxes. I feel like that's a great analogy um, for everything in my life. Like, you know, when I have issues, I put them in a box, whatever. So anyway, so people like Bracken, um, I think is so important because you've got people who are not financially literate like myself, and he kind of breaks it down to a very relatable way. So I haven't reached out to him in a professional way just yet, but I definitely am going to, especially as I move forward in my life, in my career, it is definitely what I want because, you know, who doesn't want to save for the future and, you know, be able to provide for yourself and your family uh, years when, years after this job has, uh, you know, spit you out to the side. So go check him out, Blue Wealth PD. So now we're going to talk about Another kind of investment. Like I said, this the, the, today's episode is called Investing in You. And that is so important. But we're going to start with one thing. And we're going to start with the idea of who eats first. Does the king eat first or does the king eat last? Here are two pieces of audio. One by Sean Whalen and then one by Simon Sinek. Explaining why the king eats first or the king eats last. And then we're going to discuss it. The king eats first, my friends. There's so much conversation around this and so much debate around this this, uh, this uh, truth. There's so many men that are confused and there's so much rhetoric that has been shared through the dogma of religion 
and the, the, the social training that we've been through since we were little children, the, the teaching of education, the whole thing. You know, we've always been taught, put everybody else first, right? Well, Jesus said, let's take, let's take religion, let's take all of the, the religious dogma that you think that you know or you think you believe in and put it to the side for a second and let's just talk human nature, okay? Let's talk about the reality of human beings. So many men find nobility in saying, well, I'd feed my family first. If the plane was going down, I'd put everybody else's masks on first. See, I believe in a philosophy and one of the... the, the the, uh, the, the realities of lions, not sheep, and, and one of the mantras uh, and very deeply rooted beliefs of lions, not sheep is the king eats first. You see, there's no nobility, friends, in being broke. There's no nobility, men, in saying, well, I'll sacrifice me so that others may live. If you're a man who has a family, if you have a wife and children, and there's one meal there's one meal left and, and you have not eaten and you are literally starving to death. You, you'll literally say, well, I'm going to feed my family first. And I want you to contemplate this. A true king, a true king ensures that his kingdom is protected, provided for, and that there's abundance. My freezers are full. My children's bellies are full. My belly is full because I provide. Now, I want you to contemplate this for a second. The average man, the mortal man, would say, well, I'll give that last meal to my children and I'll sacrifice and die. Really, bro? I would eat it. And then I would go to the mountains and I would hunt. And then I would make sure that I brought back abundance. Oh, but Sean, your kids would go to bed hungry. Yeah, but by my action, they would live. And I would live. There's no nobility, fellas, in walking around acting like you're a martyr, acting like, oh, I'll sacrifice that, that, that. Because here's the fascinating thing. If you die, who then protects and provides and, and produces for your family? What happens to your kingdom while you're dead? Your wife, your children, the women and children, what? They either will starve to death and die themselves, or they will go find another kingdom to be a part of that will provide, that will produce for them. When the airplane's going down, the very, very clear and direct instruction is what? Put your mask on first. Why? No, I'd put my kid's mask on and my wife's mask on and grandma and there's a priest and there's a guy and I'd put everybody else's mask on first. Very, very noble thought, friend. But let me let you in on a little secret of science. There's no fucking air to breathe. So by you thinking your nobility is just going to make you this poignant figure, you've not only died, but you have allowed your family and everyone else on the plane to die as well. If I die, there's no nobility there, friends. That's cowardice, actually. That's what a coward would fucking do. I go in the mountains and I hunt. I go in the mountains and I provide. I work, I provide, I put coins in the coffer. The king eats first. There's a funny story that goes along with how we came up with the title of this book. Not being able to understand what made the Marines so amazing at what they do. I sat down um, with a Marine Corps general, uh, General Flynn actually, who wrote the foreword for the book. And I said to him, what makes the Marines so great? And he, he looked at me and said, officers eat last. And it sort of struck me that if you compare that to the business world and the entrepreneurial world, entrepreneurs are always told, pay yourself first, look after yourself first. And yet, um, I'm being told by this Marine general that it's the complete opposite. And there's, there's a symbolic gesture um, 
but more importantly, there's, a, there's an importance to it. There, there's a photograph I saw. We had the amazing experience that a photographer happened to be in the building. Usually we see the aftermath, and here we now have photographs of the actual shooting going on. And there's one photograph that was in the New York Times that both haunted me and inspired me to this day. It haunted me and inspires me, I should say. And it's the photograph of a mother in the sound of gunshots lays herself on top of her child. And you see this picture of a mother lying on top of her child and you realize that's what it is. That's what leadership is. That when there is danger, it's not protecting myself, but it's rather willing to put myself in harm's way to protect another. That's what eating last means. It means that I will give the very, um, the very essence of life, food and water, I will give it to the person I love first so that they may live even if it means I eat less. And that's what officers eat last means. It is symbolic, but it is also very real. And real leadership, real leaders, I've even given up the terminology of good leaders and great leaders. You're either a leader or you're not a leader. That's it. Real leaders, biological, anthropological leaders, are, are that mother who instinctively, without weighing the pros and cons or the bad things that may happen to her, throw herself on her child. That's what leadership is, you know. Do we believe that our, our leaders would throw themselves on us, you know, if they heard gunshots? If, if the economy shook, would they quickly throw themselves on us? That, that's, that's what leaders eat last means. It is very literal. It is very, very literal. So this is one of those instances where is there a right answer? I'm going to go ahead and say no. I can see both sides of it. As a future leader, I can see both sides of it. As someone that's always been uh, leadership-minded, I can see both sides of it. And what I always say is you cannot pour from an empty cup. If you just give, 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 and deplete yourself, deplete your energy, deplete your uh, well-being, what good are you going to be? You have to put you first occasionally. And, you know, I think, like I said, this is where... Both schools of thought can be correct. Um, you can be like Sean Whalen and say, hey, I'm going to take care of me so that way I can take care of others. And that's what I've said from episode one when we talk about mental health. You know, you've got to make sure that you're okay so you can make sure others are okay. How can we continue to serve the public if we're fighting a losing battle on the inside? You can't do it. And you can think of that in other ways too. How am I going to continue to provide for the public if my home life is depleted and, and miserable and not fulfilling? What, what am I doing this for? There's no uh, glory in this martyrdom. You know, you can, you can try to be Batman, right? Like everything is, is falling apart uh, off duty, but then when you hit the streets, you know, you're a hero. Cool. What does that do, you know? I'm I'm really happy for you, but you know you've got to take it off sometime, and you've got to be you. And if if you is so unfulfilled, you know you're gonna you're gonna subject yourself to a lot of nastiness and evilness and darkness. But on the flip side, you know you've got to think about as a person in that position. Obviously, there is this level of sacrifice in public service. There's this level of sacrifice, so I'm not going to discredit that either. Um, and if you're going to be a leader, that of course plays a big factor and you've got to be willing to, uh, fall on the sword for your people. 
you know, and that's what we talk about extreme ownership. And when we talk about Jocko Willink and his book and things like that, that mentality. So there are definitely different schools of thought. And like I said, I think both are very good. So I want you to think about it. When I put up the poll a couple of days ago and said, you know, who eats first, it was very decisive. Leaders eat last. And I get it. But now I hope listening to both perspectives, you can go, okay, no, no, no. I, I totally get that. Why am I going to deplete myself and, uh, and be useless? You know, I'm thinking right now. So as I am speaking right now, this is Thursday, May 30, 13th. And, uh, the episode is going to be released later today. Uh, I got off work three hours ago, almost four hours ago. And, uh, and I, I basically had a 16-hour day. Uh, my partner had even longer. He had to go home and, and be with his wife and children, and we both have to be back at work at 6 o'clock this evening. So, you know, we're both going to be running on little to zero. And then you think about this weekend. This weekend will be our off weekend. And it's like, what uh, what are we doing? Well, tomorrow, Friday, I will be recording a podcast, which I'll talk about in a second. And then I'll be working the weekend. He will be off all weekend for his family. Well, for me, you know, I had last weekend off, like I talked about in the beginning. I was away. I had time to recuperate, and my body is is good. My body is fine, except for this little cold that's nagging. But for the most part, I'm good. And obviously, he's going to be with his family and deal with all that. So as long as there's that, that good balance, then yes, I can sacrifice some sleep. I can sacrifice some personal time to serve. And that's kind of where... My mentality is with this whole thing. So I just want to leave you guys with that. And hopefully you guys take some ideas from it and you can apply it. Maybe, you know, you are running too much on empty or maybe uh, you're too full, too full, you know, and you want you can give a little bit more. So just thoughts about it. That's going to wrap up our show today, guys. An absolute great episode. Love talking to Bracken. And like I said, I'm going to seek him out as professional help soon in the future. Uh, the music for the episode today was Concert for Aliens by MGK. We had Mo Money, Mo Problems by Mace, Puffy, and Notorious B.I.G. Then we had the Newfound Glory cover of Eye of the Tiger. And we're going to wrap it up in just a few moments with Seaway Song, Big Vibe. Next week, our episode is going to be with Tack Mobility. And Officer Rich from right here in Florida, we're going to be talking about PTSD, uh, mental health, and just physical health, and all this great stuff. This was such a great episode, great interview, can't wait to share it with you guys. Um, coming up, let me let me explain what's happening tomorrow. Tomorrow, we are recording Drunk Cops 3. Um, I am going to be having a bunch of drinks with a bunch of great cops and a dispatcher, and... Um, I'm inviting you guys to be part of it as it's happening. So we are going to play Kahoot. Now, if you don't know what Kahoot is, it is an app that like elementary school kids use to review for tests and spelling tests and, and math tests and crap like that. So what we're going to do, or what, what you can do on it, is anybody that has this access code can enter your game and play. And as as the questions come up on the screen... You get, you know, uh, stuff comes up on your phone or your computer, whatever you're using the, the website on, and you answer. The quickest person to answer gets the most points and so on, and it builds uh, a, a winner bracket, a top 
five, I think, but the top three is obviously whoever matters. So what we're going to do is we're going to play that during Drunk Cops. And what I want to do is include whoever wants to be a part of it. So listen to or, or stay tuned to the IG tomorrow, uh, probably about 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I will be starting to put out the Kahoot codes. And we are actually going to be doing an Instagram live while doing it. No face reveals. Don't don't get don't get crazy. And we're gonna play Kahoot. And it's just gonna be a small segment within the Drunk Cops episode. And hopefully it'll be about an hour into the Drunk Cop recording, so we'll already be a little toasted. And yeah. And what I'm gonna run some uh contest. So as the um Kahoot's going. Winners will re- receive merch prizes from me. So just a fun way to kind of incorporate you guys and uh, have a little fun throughout it all. But until then, until tomorrow evening, that is it, folks. I really appreciate you guys stopping in, checking us out. And uh, once again, check out Blue Wealth PD and uh, get your money right, son. Um Once again, thanks, everybody. If you're enjoying what I'm doing, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever you can. Just show your support. If you want to be a financial supporter of the show, you absolutely do not have to, but I definitely would appreciate it. Uh, Just beyond words. I've already got a couple, and it's just beyond words. Um, Scroll to the bottom of the description for today's episode. There is a link if you want to do a monthly donation to the podcast. Um, I... I don't even have words for those of you that have done it already. If you want to support me with merchandise, in case you don't win any tomorrow night, uh, 10-8-memes.equidecwid.com. I got a brand new canine shirt and uh, all the old stuff that's still there. Um, You know, still trying to get rid of that shit. Um, Yeah, and that's it. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. And that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next week. Stay tuned safe take care of each other um i know this is police week i probably should have said something um it's just been a crazy week it really has and i mean this episode is coming out later than usual so please forgive me um so but to my brothers and sisters who have uh who are listening you guys are appreciated we love you all uh take care of each other stay safe and uh, i'll get you next week 10 8 out it's a big-